And when some communities are targeted, they may hunker down or do any number of things. And when Jews get targeted, they form 10 new organizations. This is Jews Talk Racial Justice with April and Tracy. A weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex world, change takes courage. Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable. Hi, everybody. I'm April Baskin. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm with Tracy Guy Decker. Hey, everybody. We have bunches of people pouring in right now. Um, we had 100 people, formally, formal, formally RSVP, and another like 30 or so who weren't sure. Um, so welcome. Um, I thought it might be nice for Tracy and I to introduce ourselves and give you a little bit of the lay of the land for our next little bit of time together. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is April Baskin, and I am uh, the founding director of Joyous Justice, um, which is a Black Jewish woman-led, multiracial, community-powered, that's all of you, um, uh, change organization that works to do field shifting work and to help to elevate the conversation in the Jewish community and beyond around social change, around major difficult topics such as racial justice and racial injustice. And um, I've been doing this work now for 18 years. Um, and uh, since I started doing organizing and campus leadership in college, I'm not counting my bat mitzvah speech included the Black Panthers and Sheet. This is also a Sheet in the beginning in and of itself. So thank you so much for being here with us. I'm not including my, um, what do you call it, confirmation speech about global jewelry or nifty, but I'm starting it at, from, from, high, uh, excuse me, from college on of doing organizing for Jews of color and having been increasingly building my leadership since that time. Um, and uh, there's lots to say, but I am deeply in love with my peoples. I am a multiracial Jewish woman of color. Um, I love my peoples in their complexities and the elegant and thoughtful ways they've learned how to navigate through the harm and partner with leaders around thinking about how sometimes we can do those things better and hold even bolder visions about what's possible for us as a community and for us collectively. Um, so that's a little bit about me. And um, with that, I think I will pass it over to Tracy to introduce herself and to help guide us into uh, more formally our journey together. Thanks, April. Um, hi, everybody. I am Tracy Guy Decker. Um, so, and I am, like many of you, a big fan of April Baskins. Um, so I am a Jewish communal professional here in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, where I was born, though I haven't lived here my whole life. I've been away and back and away and back. Um, anyway, you all can hear the story of how April and I met um, when you listen to our pilot episode, which is going to be released later today. Um, actually, you can find us on iTunes. We just heard. Yay. <laughs> so that's super exciting. Um, and, um, and just a quick shout out to Noah Mitchell, who's joining us today, who actually introduced me to April. Um, thank you again, Noah. Changed my life for Our real. social justice matchmaker. <laughs> First, I want to just name where we are, and then I'm going to turn that back, turn things back over to April to, to ask the questions, to, to get your questions. So um, here we are. It's the middle of a, a once in a century pandemic. We're all in quarantine. It is election season here in the U.S. Um, there are ongoing uprisings in, in the U.S. Um, about racial injustice and violence 
even as those committed to their white supremacy move to assert greater control. Um, for those of you who are parents, uh, school has started. Uh, I know my third grader is actually in the other room pretending to do schoolwork right now. Um, so cool. Online, in-person, hybrid, whatever. Millions of us are unemployed. So in other words, it is a tragic and yet typical Thursday <laughs> in 2020. Um, and it is a lonely time. I want to acknowledge that as well. So I'm super glad to be here with all of you, but I'm very aware that I'm not with all of you. I'm in my dining room. So I just, I want to just hold all of those things at once. Um, and, you know, with all of those things, or maybe especially because all of them, each of you opted to sign up for a five-day racial justice challenge. And there were over 460 people who signed up to do that thing. So I'm taking a lot of hope from that reality. Um, that's huge. In the midst of all this other stuff, we, we all are taking the time to, to do this. And that's really huge. We're not alone. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that. And April, I'm going to turn it over to you to take us into the next part of our session. Yeah. And so at the risk of being heavy handed, I first want to just underscore what you said and more specifically spell that out to say um, that in general, for multiple reasons, capitalism, different sociological dynamics, it's easy to feel alone from go and especially right now. And in our preparation for this, I thought it was so beautiful that Tracy did notice um, and, and that it is important that we can collectively sort of notice and contradict some isolation a number of us feel in general and specifically in terms of caring about racial justice, that just the number of people who have taken interest in this and were willing to show up with like less than a week's notice um, says something about all of you, your commitment, and that it's an all of us, not just one of us. Um, and I know for me, even as someone who's been in this work a long time, like I want to just burn this in my brain a little bit to remember this at moments when I feel like I am alone to remember that that isn't actually true. Let's just take a moment to do a little bit of a debrief. Uh, if people want to write in the chat any interesting insights or reflections or uh, juicy feedback that was surfaced, um, feel free to toss it into the chat. And we can also take a couple folks, if you can speak for about 30 seconds or less, or just be thoughtful about your time. Um, if you want to bring your voice in and share some reflections, we can take um, a few people too to help um, bring some of the brilliance that was in all of the breakout rooms into the collective space. Do we have any courageous volunteers? We have a few things in the chat. Oh, right. That's true. Some people put some great things in the chat. Mm. I think our group feels very stuck in what we can do to move forward in our communities. Oh, that feels really substantive. Um, Morgan, if there's anything else you'd like to reflect about that or like specifics around maybe where some of the stuck points are, I'd be interested to hear that. It was excellent to share feelings and concerns. That was so lovely. Oh, I'm so glad, Erin. Morgan. Hi, Morgan. So, What's up? <laughs> um, I, I don't want to speak for my other group members who were, who were lovely. Perfect. It sounds like we all come from um, very complex backgrounds. I mean, I, I personally, I'm in Savannah, Georgia. I come from an interfaith marriage growing up and married to non-Jew, but very actively involved in our Jewish community. And my husband sits in our board, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but we live in Savannah and have an old Jewish community here. And my kids um, go to a public school and we have a lot of racial stuff going on here in Savannah. And our mayor has been wonderful. And I have been struggling with trying to find a way to get branch my love for our Jewish education and historical context. I did March of the Living last year and branching that into what's going on in our community at large and wanting to kind of put that into our education system. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going and I'm trying and trying and trying and feel like I'm, my wheels keep turning. Thank you, Morgan, for sharing that. Um, I really appreciate that. Can you say when you say when, and put that into the education system, like you mentioned the March, can you say a little more explicitly what that is that you're aiming to integrate? Um, yeah, I mean, there are many different programs obviously out there, whether there's the, I think the No Place for Hate, I believe is the ADL one, and then there's Facing History and Ourselves. There's so many different programs out there, but um, that teach hatred against humanity and they line it up with school's curriculum. And I know that we piloted some through our local federation a year or so ago, and I had expressed interest in wanting to expand upon that um, and really wanting to push that out further and creating like a bigger community for that. Um, and, and I think we have a wonderful history, but I don't think that we're the only voice in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So, and wanting to kind of create the dialogue within the community. I think a lot of it is dialogue and conversations and understanding where everybody is coming from and how they feel and they want to be seen. Great. And I'm going to ask you a couple more questions because this is interesting. Sure. And then maybe we can hear. So when you, and, and so you're looking, you're interested. So I'm going to frame it with language that's familiar to me and, and let sure. me know if this, so what, you, what I'm hearing you say is that like a lot's roiling in our country right now and locally in Savannah as well. And that there's a need for further education about working across lines of difference. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying, I believe if I'm hearing this correctly, is that it would be great if that also had um, a lens that incorporated Jews and, and bias against Jews, but not exclusively. Like it sounds like you want it to be holistic, but also something that accounts for anti-Semitism and you're yes. interested in um, getting more, and it feels like something that you can't fully take on on your own. Like you have clarity and you even have a sense of a number of the institutions that are available, but you're having a, some difficulty getting traction on that. Correct. And our mayor recently, he's been wonderful with everything that's been going on. And he actually pulled together a, um, like a local, like a special committee of people from all different walks of life and background represented in our city. And the, um, the director of our federation is sitting on it. And I have another friend who works is the head of um, CASA here in Savannah and um, who's also on it. And I'm like, I want to do something with this. And I'm trying to like nudge my people, my friends over at Federation saying, I want to really push this thing out into our education system and like being able to go into school systems and create special programs. And I know it's kind of hard right now, but certainly now's a good time to maybe develop something. Great, Morgan, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. And I invite people in the chat to uh, toss in any ideas you have specifically, either one idea that you have for the show in general, but also specifically for Morgan around this. So I'm going to take a first stab at it. And Tracy, I don't know if you want to say anything else. Um, so to me, Morgan, so there's a couple different things that come to mind. 
uh, when you ask this question. The, the first, the predominant thing that comes into my mind is making sure that you have a network of people around you on the local level. So are you um, f formally or informally organizing with other folks and having different relational meetings to identify people in your local community who also care about these things who can back and support you? Um, and also may be able to pull different level levers to help move things forward. I found in my work, while I also have my individual profile in the world, it is completely um, deeply intertwined with all kinds of mentors and allies and supports who I can turn to when stuff gets hard or when I get blowback or when I get something that seems positive but also seems sort of dismissive to help navigate and figure out ways and I find that having some other people um, around me to be in relationship with around this who also care can can be very helpful. Um, so that's one thing which may seem anticlimactic but I find that that is really core in this work and, and I would also add specifically with an impression analysis one of the ways one of the core impacts of anti-semitism is that it isolates us and so it's especially important, even if it's just a friend network or a professional personal network, that as you look to move this work forward and connect with maybe with some other leaders and say that this is something that you're hoping to be contributing to right now and that there's a need that you're also anchoring yourself in um, accountable relationship with people who back and support you. It's already two minutes. Ah, Tracy, if you want to add anything else, and we're going to do an episode on this, okay? So we're not... I don't want to leave you high and dry. There's going to be more. Um, I don't know if Tracy or anyone in the chat. Oh, someone wrote something in the chat. But if you wanted to add anything in, you also don't have to. You're good? Okay, great. And um, a really great comment here. Uh, someone wrote, uh, I actually don't know, but I'm assuming it's a great comment. But um, is to me, the key to success um, is what Susan brought up. Proximity. Yes. So excellent. That's also a key piece. Proximity, proximity. In segregated schools, that's hard to bring about, but it's proximity to different people that changes minds. Um, maybe pair private schools with public schools uh, is, was an interesting idea that actually is really interesting and worth exploring. Um, and uh, also, if there's a way, if you can find um, people who have some shared interest um, or identify if there are some people who are locally leading, in addition to the ones who you already named, who are involved in federation, but maybe across lines of difference, if there are specific racial and ethnic um, communities who are also moving this forward. Um, if you approach with humility and say that this is something that you're earnestly coming to and that you would love to be supportive of, that may, there may also be a way for you to get onboarded into some of the local work, which then may be a stepping stone for greater work and, and leadership that may move in the direction of um, advancing um, uh, diversity and anti-oppression education in Savannah that um, includes Jews, that is not exclusively about Jewish liberation, but also accounts for that. So I would really just great question. add, and I'm seeing this in the chat a little bit too, um, that I think I, I completely agree with everything that April has said. And also that I think I want to underscore the humility piece of it. I think there's a long history of, of white skinned Jews kind of asking for or demanding or pushing on um, proximity on, uh, on folks, communities, um, who, you know, communities of color or communities of, of difference, 
without actually talking about what works for that other community. So I think that that's going to be really key. Um, that there needs to be, I'm, and this is a, I'm saying this is a learning edge for me personally. I've said this to April recently, but that both and, coming back to our both and, either or, both we have something, I have some things to contribute and I am still learning. And um, holding that both and I think is going to be really key because I think it's, we have a long history, white skinned Jews in America, of sort of doing things that look like, um, that, that look like integration, but in fact are sort of forcing folks to, to align to the way we want things to be. And I would add something to that. So thank you, Tracy, so much for saying that. It's part of what I like about our friendship and partnership. And I was thinking that, and I was holding the tension in this, in this moment, since we're doing this in a, a sort of an interesting way where there's a whole group of people. And so for me, I, I chose to go down the mostly affirming, like affirming your leadership, but I think what Tracy said is important. And what I would add from um, a trauma-informed lens, there's, there's a specifically um, not universal, um, but a common um, Ashkenazi pattern around um, what some uh, trauma experts call scared active. And so um, a leader from whom I learned talks about, has a joke that um, when some communities are targeted, they may hunker down or do any number of things. And when Jews get targeted, they form 10 new organizations. And, and there is strength and wisdom and humor in that. And there are also downsides to that. And so part of what I would invite you to do is to both look for opportunities in this moment and also take a longer view and give yourself space, even though literally, it may be literally epigenetically, like your bones are like, it needs to happen now. Um, and also holds that you actually, everything you already said around some of the things that you are doing are important. And back to what I said around um, buttressing your work with um, reaching out for more relationships is really important because the, a metaphor that I came up with once, and to be clear, folks, it looks like we're like, I think we're just going to be covering this topic right now, and I want to get to the other questions that were asked in future episodes. Um, uh, but to give this the uh, some time and not um, conform to urgency culture. Um, what did I want to say just now before I give that interlude? Um, scared active, taking the time. Um, just that... Uh, one of the patterns, one of the ways that anti, as the, the, with the rhythm that anti-Semitism has is that it, it can be often quiet and then it spikes and is really intense and can be lethal. And so that has led collectively, not universally, to a pattern among some Ashkenazi Jews that when things spike, there is this urgent need to take action, which is rooted in a really logical, smart thing historically. Um, and this moment is not that moment, and it has elements of that moment. So it can be very confusing. Um, and so I think it's important, oh, that's what I was going to do, is channel that. And I, at times I use this example that I recently had that I'm very proud of, is that particularly when you're entering a new space, um, I would invite Jews to think of it like um, a traditional conversion process, in some ways, which can vary between denominations, that when someone asks to join the community, they're actually different 
There are different Jewish traditions around what's required, but one of them is to reject that person three times. Right? Because like, do they really know? Do they, do they, do they actually, do they know how difficult this is? It's actually really difficult. Are you really sure you like, we're, we're like very opinionated. There's a lot happening here. You know, and also like, this is like a, like a whole thing. Like we have Lador Vador. This isn't just like a fling kind of thing. Like, you know, wear some beads and that's it. No, like this is a fully embodied experience. And I think that that actually, to make a long story short, is very similar to when people enter some social change or racial justice spaces that I think at times, um, any people, but particularly white Ashkenazi Jews can read resistance or reluctance as anti-Semitism. Um, and to be clear, at times it is, and at times it's both of these things. Um, um, but at times it may also be like, do you really know what this work entails? Do you have the chutzpah to stay in this with us? And I don't know you yet, and I don't know if you're going to be bringing pork, pork chops um, or like shrimp and grits to the Oneg in our kosher building. Like, do you, do you know our culture? Do you know our rules? Right. And so, um, so I would give yourself time to, to keep doing what you're doing and to not read the slowness necessarily as resistance, but part of it also may be space for you to get more acclimated and, um, and to uh, get to know people more. And it may be a thing that if you can find a rhythm and also find ways of continuing to either form an internal group with yourself of people you're looking to do this work with more, that maybe you can form a focus group of um, Jewish women or maybe even a multicultural group if that's something that you want around a, a discussion group in your local community to be engaging in these conversations and help form the relationships that is the base of powerful transformative local work over the long haul, that perhaps can feed some of your desire to be doing substantive work because this moment does call for it and also create a little bit of a buffer and scaffolding for you to build up your muscle. Because I promise you, as you take on those things, you will be trans, you will find relationships that you didn't know were there. You may learn of landmines that you didn't know before. So it was actually better that you didn't bring that program in because that's an awesome program out in Boston, but in Savannah, that would have been like a cluster fudge. So it can give you time to get more subtle and also have people get to know you for who you are. Um, and I think whether it's, um, a book group and or um, perhaps beginning to volunteer, like picking even just one local community, if that's something that you're interested in of color and um, humbly entering, like pretending you're someone who's potentially interested in converting and being like, like they're not ready to invite you up onto the Bima yet to read the Torah, but you're welcome to join and be in conversation with people at the Oneg and get a feel for us. And we're getting a feel for you and being like, oh my goodness, like Morgan's amazing. Like, yes, like we want, like, how can we do this work without her? But some of that takes time. And we just, as Jews need to learn for those of us who have it, because I, my mother's Ashkenazi, I grew up in the community. And so I find myself situated in between where I often don't have anywhere near the urgency of some of my white Ashkenazi Jewish friends. And also when I'm in my all black liberation spaces, I internally quietly feel urgency that I don't see other people going through. So I'm like kind of in between, you know, so like I can, I can relate to a certain extent. Um, yeah. So, so that is in the moment. 
some real-time stuff. And Tracy, did you want to add anything? And then we'll close because we're at time. I just want to add really quickly because we are at time that what April was talking about was specifically started from responding to Morgan's question, but it, it, the, the base truth of what April just dropped on us is true everywhere. Relationship moves at the speed of trust. And so when we come into a space and people are like, who are you? We don't know you. We cannot take that personally as a personal rejection. That is the nature of relationship. It's how it works. And so I just want to like- And particularly around loaded subjects where there's a lot at stake. Where there's a lot at stake and there's there's a history of of pain. There's a history of damage. I mean, (laughs) people who look like me have said things that were inappropriate in spaces. I have to acknowledge that. And so, and I have to, I can't just assume that I walk in and everybody sees my heart. I have to show my heart first. And so I just, I, so April's response was specifically about Morgan, but we all can learn from what she just said. Oh yeah. So uh, I think that's it for now. Thank you everyone for the chat. Um, Thank you so much for showing up. I'm going to get emotional for a second. Um, My community means so much to me and we are so touched and honored that all of you came here and we welcome again your feedback. If you have ideas from this experience, we're also thinking about ideas, but we're just taking it a step at a time. Um, Please feel free to be in touch. We love you so much. Um, I know that we're not always going to agree on everything, but we want to be an accountable, meaningful relationship um, and be in a meaningful dialogue in a public, respectful way that honors the privacy that we need and also begins to shift our community and make these important conversations more normative and more accessible to more of us. Um, So thank you all so much. And I'm going to sing us out with a song and then I'm happy to linger while our premiere is happening without us again, figuring it out as we go. Um, And so this is a song that I learned from uh, uh, Rabbi Tibi Koach Bruch Frazier. He didn't write it. I don't remember who did. So if anyone knows, feel free to put it in a chat and it's a call and response. And it goes like this. Some of you may know it. It goes solid as a rock, solid as a rock, rooted like a tree. We are here, we are here, we are strong in our rightful place, in our rightful place, in our rightful place. One more time, solid as a rock, rooted like a tree. We are here, standing strong in our rightful place. In our rightful place. Thank you, everyone, so much. Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit JewsTalkRacialJustice.com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time, and stay humble and keep going.